Welcome to De-Stress Your Business, the podcast where we show you how to get incredible results in your business without constant stress. I'm Alexis Kingsbury, a serial entrepreneur and founder at Air Manual, and I'm joined by my co-founder and co-host, Paddy Mann. Good morning, Paddy. Good morning. Nice sign. So let's go with uh, Let's talk about what the, we're going to cover today. So within an organization, it's common for one person to have more than one role. We sometimes call this wearing more than one hat. And in a small, uh, really small business, it's not uncommon for one person to balance three, five, or even ten uh, or more hats precariously on their head. <laughs> and this can make life difficult when it comes to managing each area, documenting processes, delegating tasks, and hiring new employees. So how can we deal with this so that it's easy to manage now, but also so that it's easy to scale up? That's our topic for today's episode of De-Stress Your Business. Let's dig in. So, Paddy, let's bring this to life with some real, uh, with some real examples. Um, what hats are you wearing right now? <laughs> yeah, just before this episode, uh, Alexis was complaining that I, I didn't have literal hats to put on my head, but I'm, I'm glad I don't think I have that many hats I could put on. I would have <laughs> daft. Um, but, yeah, right now we're, we're uh, a, a small company, and that's working really well for us. But I am um, leading a number of areas, so I am CEO. I am COO, I am CTO, I am CMO, I am head of product, I am head of data security. And then within those teams, there's other roles where I can be more specific about some of the, uh, the roles and therefore the responsibilities that I own and take forward. So I'm head of development, I'm a software architect, I'm head of DevOps within the engineering area under the CTO role. Within product, I'm the head of design, head of product management, head of analytics. And the, the list goes on as I identify individual roles, which I'm essentially taking responsibility for and have been held accountable for both by myself and by others. Um, and uh, yeah, I, I take all those titles and that's, we don't, you know, it's not just a joke. That's, we will be referring to uh, someone who has those titles and uh, that's my long list at the, at the moment. Yeah, nice. And it's, um, you know, it's, I think I lost, I lost count when we got above seven or eight. Uh, but um, it's something that has changed over time, right? It's, you know, I, uh, I myself remember when I was essentially wearing all of the hats for within finance, you know, banking lead, accounts payable and receivable, recording and reporting, uh, tax management, payroll, etc. But over time, I've then handed those over so that I'm now not wearing uh, as, as many hats. And that's kind Absolutely. of gone over as you, as you know, we have uh, two software businesses at the moment, and within the, the, the first business, which is now slightly more mature, uh, I had all of these roles before, but have essentially delegated all of them. Yeah. So uh, over time, we've identified people who have taken up first some of the junior roles, but then uh, all of the more senior roles. So I'm now uh, a shareholder uh, exclusively in that business, which is, which is uh, fantastic. Yes, yeah, it's uh, useful to note that those hats that you described are predominantly or indeed exclusively all sitting on the air manual side, whereas for our other business, Spider Gap, where that you, don't, you don't then hold those roles. Um, and I have a similar setup, but with a, with a couple of hats on the Spider Gap side. So it's, yeah, it's possible over time to you know, take off and pass those hats over time. Um, so, uh, you know, but this isn't just a problem for founders of small companies, right? Well, uh, no, and it, it it sometimes sounds it just because firstly, the, the thing that I'm describing sounds daft and people will struggle with like, how the hell am I meant to fill in that description under the, my LinkedIn profile to tell people what I do? How do I even answer that question of what I do? 
Um, but I would say it applies actually at every business, uh, at every uh, size of business. So uh, it definitely applies for founders. You will have to take on many hats and it's useful to be clear about those roles. Um, as you scale up then within the individual teams, the same thing starts to apply. So as we uh, start to create our engineering team or our marketing team, we'll start off with uh, one person coming in and taking on multiple roles. So in our first uh, engineer developer that came into the team that wasn't myself, a fantastic guy called Daniel, he took on a number of hats. So he uh, became first a developer. Uh, then he became a DevOps engineer, which is someone who looks after our servers. Then he became the tech support lead. Since then, he's become the uh, development uh, lead and manager. Um, and so even in this kind of a more granular part of the business, within this one department, we've got the same thing happening. But you could say, wait a minute, this this is just because you're still small and you're still working it out. But I'd say that's, that's not true. This actually happens at businesses of all sizes. My... Um, wife uh, is in a business with a few hundred people and she was the first person going into the sales enablement area um, and as she was the first person in the team again she needed to take on many hats there are different parts of that role she needs to look at the analytics she needs to look at the content she needs to look at the processes for her team and as she started to hire the team she's going to find specialists who can do that role and this actually, this goes all the way up to enterprise. Every time that you introduce a new team, which might be um, at a kind of com company level, or maybe for a new product or whatever, you're introducing new teams the whole time. It's the nature of scaling. And the first person to that team is going to be uh, a generalist who's going to be wearing, uh, it may be sold as one hat, as one role, but essentially they're taking on many specialist skills. And then you start to pass that team out and you bring in the, the specialists who wear kind of, one hat and are responsible for one specific role, one specific set of uh, skills and capabilities. Yeah, and I think you know, as you say, like even in enterprises, like one one of our uh, clients um, uh, of a number of our businesses, including Air Manual, which is uh, and that client is Sony, where you know that's a huge organization with many tens of thousands of employees around the world, and yet if I think a particular you know part of that client, a person called Alex. Um, you know, he's been a client with us for many years and uh, one thing I was uh, helping him to do was look at how do you um, make it possible that other people in his team can take on aspects of his role. But one of the challenges was that his role, despite being in, you know, large enterprise and so on, he was essentially the, the leader, the director, the manager of the team. But also for the area, he was essentially product owner for the for a particular solution that they provide to the rest of the business. He's also the head of engineering for the engineers that that deliver that solution and a few other hats that he wears as well. And actually, it becomes really hard if you uh, to, to try and delegate and uh, and create onboarding and so on for the whole thing and make sense to kind of break it down. But um, it was you know, it's interesting, like even exploring that. Even in a, you know giant organisations, this this still applies. And uh, sometimes it's because you have someone who leaves the organisation, you don't immediately fill a role, and so you have to take that on. Sometimes it's because actually part one of the hats you're wearing isn't a full time role, and therefore it makes sense to wear a kind of few hats and so on. So there's loads of reasons um, why those exist in in all companies. But what why is it helpful to define all of these roles, and and particularly what stress does it solve? Yeah, it's a really good question because as I say at the start, most people kind of pull back when you suggest this. 
that you su mm. suggest that they actually own multiple titles because they're not used to having multiple titles. They think they're going to look like a kind of slightly weird person within the team um, and that it's just not something you do. And yet, if you actually examine it, you go, you most certainly do have multiple roles and it, it's really important to do that. So why is it important? What's the stress? Well, first of all, it just makes it clear uh, and this is a huge step forward in any any smaller business who hasn't done it, but it's also a huge step forward in a team that hasn't done it. It makes it clear to everyone in that team who is accountable for what. And if there is uh, any overlap where two people think that they are accountable or any gaps where no one really thinks they're accountable, then you get that, that opportunity to, to, to raise that issue and, and get through it and go, okay, seriously we can only have one person who's overall accountable who's that who's that going to be and so just that clarity on its own it avoids um a lot of conflict a lot of frustration with two people trying to do the same job or not no one doing it it avoids a lot of dropped balls where it's not clear who's meant to be taking overall responsibility and so it, things just get get missed it also makes it much, much, much easier to do everything that we're talking about in terms of de-stressing your business using guidance and onboarding and delegation. By breaking things up into individual roles, it, you can then create uh, essentially all the guidance that someone needs for that role. And that will be all your SOPs, your policies, your training, your onboarding. And it becomes something which is uh, very easy to put a scope around and go, this is what this role is. It becomes very easy to um, hand it over and to upskill someone. It becomes very easy to bring new employees in and scale up. Um, for example, again, if, if we look at the example of large companies, my wife's taking on sales enablement. She, it's the first person on the team. She therefore has to be quite a generalist and has to be the expert at the, the product and the analytics and the content. Now, if she creates all the guidance at a what does a, uh, a sales enablement manager level do, then she's going to have to look for people who has all of those three skills. But if you think rationally about it, the best analysts, the best people with the data are rarely the best people at doing the content uh, and creating uh, uh, really valuable, easy to use, digestible content for the, the organization to use or doing training. Whereas if she goes, okay, actually, I'm wearing a few hats right now. I'm both doing the kind of the management side of things, but I'm also the content person, the analyst and so on. And she can break down the, the way that she creates guidance and onboarding for all her team members. And that makes it possible to scale. It makes it possible to hire the next person with a specific set of skills that greatly reduces the requirements of bringing someone else in. It's going to be much easier to onboard someone into that one specific area and get them up to a high level of performance in one area rather than trying to do all three. When you do try and do all, all three, you, you, you're generally going to be making compromises, uh, having to hire someone who's got a lot more experience, costs a lot more, and normally they're still going to have a weak spot because they're not playing to all of their strengths, um, and that's going to lead to frustration. So, yeah, really, really important, whatever scale you're at, and it, it solves a lot of stress both for the, the short-term conflict and clarity, but also the long-term ability to, to sort out your processes, your guidance, your onboarding. Yeah, completely agree. And, you know, we've been talking about how it applies for large organizations. And I've got in mind a, a sort of another PLC um, type client who uh, the, they've got a managing director there who's like of this particular division, managing director of the division, and then is also essentially the UK 
MD and it's a you know global business um, and uh, has a commercial role as well. And of course, it's like sometimes that causes them problems. It means that they're not able to do as much as they'd like, perhaps strategically as the MD role. Um, but, you know, sometimes it has to work like that. But also it does provide additional benefits, gives them you know visibility of what's going on commercially, and particularly as that's an area that they're um, molding and changing around at the moment. Um, it's kind of useful. Um, and then, of course, for you know, small, uh, small businesses or business leaders, one of the most common things we hear uh, you know, when people are thinking like, oh, I, you know, I need to free up my time. I just need to be able to hire a clone of me. You know, perhaps I need to hire an MD or I need to hire basically a me. And of course, my first question is always like, would would you work for you? <laughs> and it's like, no, no, I you know, I want to run a business, build a business, etc. So like, then you're not going to find someone who's a clone of you that you can hire. Um, what you can find is people who specialize in some of the thing, the hats that you're wearing and you can start to, to pass them. You may even find there are people in your organization currently who can take on some of the hats uh, that you're currently holding. Um, and often we find business owners are doing tasks like sending quotes to customers or uh, reviewing timesheets or making payments to suppliers or whatever that actually are tasks that should sit within individual hats that maybe they've already delegated but not done uh, done fully. So there's lots of benefits to doing it. How should we go about identifying those roles and sharing with the team? Because you know, if someone who's kind of not really done it that much or really tends to think of roles as being what do you describe yourself as on your CV or on your LinkedIn and we're saying mm-hmm. actually that's kind of irrelevant like on our LinkedIn it'll say something on the lines of co-founder of and then our businesses but as you say like there's you know, seven eight ten fifteen <laughs> different hats that we actually wear so um how how should people go ahead sort of identify this role and sharing them cool so a good question essentially you need to be picturing your business as being slightly bigger uh, than it is at the moment. You need to be thinking about if if this was a larger business, what roles would there uh, likely to be? And then if I, you know, you don't want to go crazy. Obviously, we're not going to be going and thinking about a a large enterprise. That would would be um, taking it to an extreme. but if you think about okay, what would, what would be reasonable within the next three to five years of where my where my organisation is going? So even when on day one, when we created uh, Air Manual set up as a new business, we were very clear that okay, well we, we're going to need the different functions. We're going to need uh, marketing, finance, um, sales, HR, and so on. And so immediately we need to be clear which of and when it's just me and Alexis which of us two is responsible for each of those areas and that's where you start to get all your hats and you go okay well what are the functions that I know that will exist within these teams and sometimes you're not clear yet and there's a you you're going to need to work that out with over some time in other ones you will have clarity particularly in the areas where you've got more experience and so we could immediately go well engineering splits down into development uh, DevOps looking after the servers tech support um, sales breaks down into these areas and 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 so on and so we we want to identify what those roles uh roles are um we then want a way of communicating that and the simplest way to do this is basically to create a uh a roles and responsibilities chart it's a chart where you it looks basically the same as an organization chart but in, in an organization chart if you had two people uh, me and Alexis, and you would have uh, one of us above the other or potentially side by side or 
all sorts of uh, arguments about who goes above the other, but it'd be silly. It'd be two person, two person uh, uh, chart, and it, that's not actually very useful. What is useful is if we take each of those roles and turn that into a chart. So we have a CEO, COO. Under the COO, we have uh, the CMO, so marketing, sales, basically each of the departments and the person who's leading that, and then identify the roles that sit under each of those. Those are the roles. And then under each role, we just list the high-level responsibilities, the high-level things that those people are being held accountable for. So in finance, it will be things like, they need to, will be responsible for doing accounts payable and accounts uh, receivable and um, paying salaries and, and all, all that sort. So we get clear. And as a person who's the head of finance, these are the things that I'm going to be holding you accountable for as the as a person above the CEO, CEO or COO. And even though that then means that uh, you're going to have this chart with a lot of roles and initially the same faces on each of those roles, that's incredibly valuable. That's a really easy way of communicating it. Um, and actually, there's a, a concept, there's a, a fantastic book called Traction by Gino Wickman, and, and in that they call it the accountability chart, same same concept. Uh, they've trademarked the term or are trying to trademark the term, so we'll call it the roles and responsibilities chart, but it's just a really simple way of communicating it across the team. And you, you can do that for your organization, you can also do it within the team. So within that sales enablement function, you should, could be creating that same chart just to make it clear these are the roles that either exist today or are going to exist in the future. And right now I'm the, the manager in this team, but and I'm doing all of these roles, but I will be able to split those up and start delegating those in, in future. Um, and yeah, and once you've got that, that chart, that can also then be reflected in, in everything else you do because it, it then gives you the, st the structure to think about, okay, I've, I've got, I'm going to have a company manual with my onboarding my SOPs and you'll be replicating the structure, particularly with the, the teams that exist within that manual. That's awesome. And uh, yeah, I, I, I love that. And it, it's so funny because it, it reminds me of the various stages in our businesses where we have created those charts. And I, I remember a particular example where I uh, went to a, I was at a mastermind um, meeting, um, you know, meeting out with uh, seven other business owners sharing, you know, here's, here's our plans and here's our thinking. And please now rip it to shreds and tell us what we're doing wrong. Um, and I remember taking essentially the roles and responsibilities chart that we'd developed for Spider Gap, um, and it and it felt almost silly because you've kind of got whatever it was like twenty five boxes when you go right into the detail, and yet at the time maybe we only had like five members of staff or whatever. Um, and I remember uh, one particular um, uh, me um, member of the group, uh, Lisa, saying like basically saying, "Go build that." Like it feel like you've essentially created your blueprint, like building, creating a building. That's your blueprint. Now go build that. And what was amazing, particularly back then, because I was at the time, one of my biggest weaknesses was delegation. It was like the ability to pass stuff over. And it unlocked something because suddenly I realized that she was right. And the way that I could do it was by not only hiring people into those roles, but taking some of those roles and handing them over some of those hats giving them to existing people in the business. And so we've had people, you know, if I, I think of one particular hire who joined us with the hat of customer success representative, like doing demo calls and helping our customers get value out of the tool. Um, then they uh, developed and became our inbound sales lead. So making sure that we're running the right number of demos, the conversion rates are good, supporting the teams, answering questions. Over time, they then became our head of uh, sales and customer success and support. They took on the head of uh, marketing area, uh, taking on COO kind of roles. 
And equally, we've got other team members who have um, started in one area like sales and taken on roles from finance or HR, you know, sort of taking those hats um, often off me uh, for, for those areas. But of course, in engineering and data security and DevOps and so on, you've had the same going on there. And I think it's, it's enabled us to do that to the point that we talked about earlier, where we're literally not wearing hats <laughs> within, yeah. uh, within that business. And it's been an amazing thing. I love that. And I, I'm glad that you brought up that example because I, I, I was thinking about it um, earlier. It's so, so powerful. When you've broken it down to this kind of level of granular roles, your ability to then pass over in what was previously, you know, I'm I'm the head of customer uh, of sales enablement or engineering. I can't ask someone else to do all of that. But suddenly you've got these little roles below and you certainly can. And, and it could be you know, you're the you're the manager in this one team and you've got to deal with analytics and content and so on and you hate doing analytics, but you discover, wait a minute, if I split that into a, a role, firstly, I've made that clear for future so I can hire into it. But in the short term, we have got better analysts in the company and it could be someone from another, it could be someone from finance who comes in and helps with that part of the role. It gives you such power and I, I do it all the time. I, I look at which areas I enjoy. I free up more time for those and where I deliver the most benefit. I look at the areas that I can delegate. And actually, even though I'm leading teams, I'm often delegating the management because I don't need to be doing that. I don't need to be preparing for the meetings. I don't need to be facilitating them. Um, and once I've kind of broken it down to that, that level, I can hand over both the role and individual tasks. And it's a hugely empowering. It's really good. Yeah, I love that. And it points as well to um, something that came up on an interview I did um, on a, a podcast for Pensite, where um, we were talking about like delegating and how it's all relative, like what's low value activity at one point, um, mm -hmm. you know, you sort of like handing over admin and you've got high value activity, like making sales or managing people over time. And as you grow and as you hand over that low value activity, those things that were previously high value become medium and then low value. And so you start in a, in, in, uh, relative to the things that you can do. Um, and so it is just an iterative process of, of identifying what, what hats are you wearing and what, uh, what that you need to pass on to people. So in today's episode, we've been talking about, um, the power of thinking about the different hats that different roles or different people in the organization wear and how that applies, whether you're a small business owner only with yourself or just a few uh, team members or whether you're a large enterprise, the power of getting clear on that is really, really uh, great, both for reducing stress in the business, being able to delegate more effectively and ultimately be able to unlock the growth in uh, in the organization. We've talked about how to do that, including using the, uh, the roles and responsibilities charts and communicating that. But if you've got any questions on this topic, please do uh, post either on social media or contact us. Uh, we'd love to love to hear from you. Now, as our regular listeners will know, we run a weekly webinar on how to free up 15 hours per week and remove the constant stress of running a business without slowing down growth. And you can bet that we take some of the concepts that we've been covering in these uh, and go into more depth and, and show you an approach that, that you can use to, to achieve those goals. It's every Wednesday at 1 p.m. UK time and you can find out more and register at www.airmanual.co forward slash webinar. A final note for our podcast listeners, as a new podcast, we do need your help. If you found the content today valuable, please take one minute just to leave an honest review. Uh, or if you're uh, consuming this on social media, please do share it, repost it, like it and comment. This all will help the podcast to get more visibility and ultimately let us help more people. And we would hugely appreciate it. Otherwise, until next time, have fun.